The Personal MBA by Josh Kaufman. One sentence summary. The Personal MBA will save you a few hundred grand by outlining everything you really need to know to get started on a thriving business, none of which is taught in expensive colleges. My favorite quote from the author is, Business schools don't create successful people. They simply accept them, then take credit for their success. Josh Kaufman Josh Kaufman worked at Procter Gamble, one of the world's largest producers of consumer goods. Things like shampoo, deodorant, toilet paper, toothpaste, lotions, soap, and even foods and drinks. Until 2011, that is, when this book completely blew up. Now a full-time researcher, dad, speaker, husband, and writer, Josh's work has attracted millions of readers to his blog, with the book selling several hundred thousand copies. It's a go-to manual for the not-yet-business-savvy putting an MBA's worth of education into a few hundred pages. Except that you don't have to shell out $100,000 plus, and that what you learn works in the real world, not just a classroom. Without further ado, here are three lessons from the personal MBA. 1. Make sure your business addresses at least one of the four core needs. 2. Think about the context of your marketing message. 3. If you ever need to make a deal, do the work up front so the negotiation becomes easy. Ready for the education of a lifetime? Here we go. The Personal MBA Lesson 1. Address one of the four core needs with your product to make selling easy. This answers the question, how can you bake easy sales into your product? Have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? There's a scene where Jordan Belfort asks one of his employees to sell him a pen, who then uses a clever trick to make it an easy sale. He asks him to sign a napkin. Of course, Jordan hasn't got a pen, but luckily the solution is right in front of him. Any sale is easy as long as you're addressing your customer's primary need in the current situation. A thirsty hiker in the desert would pay anything for even the shittiest bottle of water and car collectors will happily wire $3 million for a car simply because it's limited to 10 units. But to address those needs with your marketing tactics, your product needs to be something that takes care of those needs. Josh says there are four core needs most products serve. 1. Our desire to collect things. 2. Our wish to bond with other people. 3 our need to learn and satisfy our curiosity. 4. Our need to fight for our survival and protect our loved ones. The next time you strike up a business idea, ask yourself which of these four needs it would serve first. Only if you can definitely assign it to at least one category, move on with the next step. The Personal MBA Lesson 2. Think about the context you deliver your marketing message in, so customers understand it right. This answers the question, how should you communicate your marketing message or your slogan? Here is a big one no one thinks about in their marketing. The way you choose to communicate your message matters just as much, if not more, than what you actually say. As Gary Vaynerchuk put it years ago, content is king, but context is God. Yes, what you say has to matter. It has to be remarkable, different, memorable, all of that stuff. But if you screw up the timing, the platform, and the tone of how you address your audience, none of that matters because no one will listen. For example, 
4-Minute Books runs on weekly emails I send out with new summaries. Imagine instead of one longer email newsletter, I'd send out a new email every day. That's just as long as a tweet. No one would open them and people would be gone in a jiffy. Why? Because everyone has an overloaded email inbox already. Nobody wants more email. Plus, if I could say everything I needed to say in 140 characters or less, why wouldn't I go to Twitter right away? Think hard about the medium and channels you choose for your marketing. They make all the difference. The Personal MBA Lesson 3 If you ever need to make a deal, do the work up front so the negotiation becomes easy. This answers the question, how can you become a better deal negotiator? Sometimes in business you have to make a deal. Most of us have zero experience negotiating, but here's a good tip to make it less scary to sit down at a table with someone and work out a contract. Do the hard work up front. According to Josh, that means setting the stage long before your meeting. For example, by making sure your opposite other is someone who can actually decide things and wasn't just sent to collect information about you. It also means choosing the setting you think you'd do best in. For example, you might be a lot more confident on the phone than you are in person. Then you can clarify many of the terms of your proposal in anticipation as well. For example, think of the conditions that are most attractive to your negotiation partner and try to see if you can come up with even more of them or how you can make your offer look superior to those of your competitors. Similarly, guess what objections the other party might have and how you could encounter them. Lastly, you can make a list of concessions and compromises you're willing to make, in case you can't agree on certain points. With these things in hand, the negotiation itself will be a lot easier, because you'll feel prepared and have many points to work with, as opposed to just fighting a battle of wills when you're sitting at the table. Here's what I learned from The Personal MBA by Josh Kaufman. I want to address three things. Uh, more about the negotiation technique uh, we talked about. Uh, I want to give you an example of a great product that addresses, I think, all four core needs. And I want to tell talk a little bit more about the MBA itself, like the idea to go to college to pay for business classes, stuff like that. Let's start with the negotiation. So Ramit Sethi has a great video and blog post, I think, called the briefcase technique. So if you Google that, I think it should pop up. Um, and what he suggests is that I think that's specifically for people pitching, uh, for, for example, for consultants pitching uh, projects to people, right? So trying to make a sale. But it works in, in a lot of cases, actually. So let's say you wanted to uh, negotiate with someone the um, price for... I don't know, chips. Let's say you sell chips and they are willing to take a uh, hundred boxes of chips. So let's say 10, I don't know, like a hundred pounds or whatever, or a hundred kilograms. They, they take the boxes, right? Say what they want to take those. And now you're negotiating the price and you're settling. So what you could do is, and this is the briefcase technique is really, you prepare a document that is overwhelmingly full of good information and communicates lots of benefits to the other party and you bring this document in a briefcase uh, or folder or whatever and you bring that to the negotiation and when you sit down and you start talking and you start talking about different points and then you say look uh, let's say hey Andrew here's something actually I have prepared something and then you pull up the suitcase and I think that's important right to have the, the suitcase the briefcase 
um, have some kind of gesture that goes with it, right? That you open the briefcase, you pull out your sheets, your report, whatever you created, you pull that out, you put the briefcase down again, and you put that on the table. And you said, Andrew, uh, look, here's what I've prepared. These are all the benefits our chips packaging has over our competitors. Our chips stay fresher in our bags because they're sealed with a special vacuum technique. Uh, so whenever you, plus they have a longer expiration date, you can store them longer. And whenever people open them, even if it's right around the expiration date, they will still get this hissing noise it makes when a good bag of, of chips pops, right? The air is sealed inside, it makes pfft. And you can literally smell the freshness of the chips when you open them. Okay, I just made this up, right? But you would basically communicate all the points. You would say, this is great. Plus, if we can work together, we can do this and this and this. I've also thought about three different options. We could do it in this way, in this way, or in this way. For example, we could do the shipping, you can do the shipping, or we do the shipping and the marketing, da, 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 right? So you bring a whole bunch of different options, like a whole report, and you said, I've analyzed your situation, I understand what you want, what you're looking for, what you need, uh, and here's how I'm addressing those needs. And that's the briefcase technique. Basically, you do like a whole report on the other party, uh, finding ways you can help them, you can benefit them, and you bring that to the negotiation. And that makes it a no-brainer for them to take any price you suggest, right? Because if you can show them that you understand what they want and need, and you can deliver that to them without them even having to say a word, that's brilliant, right? We all want to work with people like that, right? Someone who comes in, who vows you with how much they already know about you and what you actually need, and to be able to deliver on that, it's like, okay, here you have the money, go, do it. That's the kind of person we want to work with. And that's really all the negotiation is about, finding, like, being able to trust someone to deliver on what they want. And then the price becomes a triviality, right? Um, I think that's also a quote by Ramit Sethi. Like he often says this, like when the value is clear, the price is a mere triviality. So there's that. The other thing uh, I want to share is, as I read through the four core needs, collecting things, bonding with other people, learning and satisfying our curiosity, and fighting for our survival, I thought the, uh, the brilliant product, as sadly maybe as it sounds to you, is Tinder. So Tinder is, if you don't know, it's a dating app. You get it on your phone. What you get is you get a picture of a person saying, like, I'm a boy, I want to meet girls, so I see girls. I see, I don't know, their age, like a little profile, and I can swipe uh, left if I don't want to uh, talk to them and right if I want to talk to them. And if the same girl swipes right on me too, then we are matched and then we can chat and talk to each other and arrange a date or something. And what this app does is it lets you swipe basically through people of the other sex you want to meet and and then say yes or no. And hopefully you can get a date and meet, right? And find someone. And the idea is that you find love, blah, blah, blah. People use it for hookups, obviously. Um, but here's it satisfies all of the four core needs, right? Collecting things. Because the more you swipe through, you sort of build a history. And there are apps. And I think if you pay, you can go back and look at who you swiped on. So you will basically collect people, as sad as it sounds. Um, our wish to bond with other people, like obviously, right? Emotions, love, desire, that's all fit in there, tied into there. Our need to learn and satisfy our curiosity. I mean, when, whatever picture you're looking at, you're already curious. Like, what's the next person going to look like, right? So, so much curiosity in there. Lastly, our need to fight for our survival and protect our loved ones. 
that's kind of more basic, but it's really everyone thinks they need to have a partner at some point, right? Most people want to maybe not get married, but find love. Everyone wants that. And a lot of people, most people want to have children too. So that's baked into that too, right? That's why Tinder took off like crazy. Tinder is insanely popular. Like it's huge growth. Uh, it's one of the number one online dating services out there. And no wonder seeing it addresses four core needs, right? It's really uh, powerful. And lastly, just a quick note about paying for MBAs. I think it's horseshit. So, and I'm getting a master's, right? So not an MBA, but a master's in business. But in Germany, it's free. I'm not paying for it. So we don't have tuition uh, in public schools. But, but still, like, I think paying for uh, an MBA is like, don't, just don't. I think, and that applies to more than just MBAs. It applies to all kinds of degrees where the degree is really just a way for the college to make money because they're piggybacking off something you can actually learn in the real world much faster, much better, uh, and much cheaper. So I think the basic question you should ask if you consider getting a master's in anything really or, or any degree in anything is, has someone else learned this somewhere for free and gotten really great at it? Uh, so if you look at like, I don't know, Picasso for painting or maybe um, I think Gillian Hall is the name for for dancing um, or other famous dancers or artists or whatever. If you look at them and if you see, if you instantly can think of a whole number actually of people who did really well for themselves without ever getting a degree in that field, then chances are you can too, right? So not necessarily that you'll be as successful, but the point is you can learn it and you don't have to pay 100 grand for it. There's degrees in everything now. And the reason is mostly that the colleges want to get the people and want to make money. But getting a degree in art, in even in marketing, in, uh, I don't know, dance, in, uh, in makeup, that, that's bullshit, right? You don't need that. Nobody needs that. You just need to do the thing, practice the skill and get better at it. Like do makeup for people, cut their hair, uh, paint, write, um, you know, uh, take a product market stuff, become an affiliate for a company, do multi-level marketing. I mean, that's like you can learn all this stuff for free, right? So just don't throw your money down the toilet and get scammed by a college because colleges are becoming a bigger and bigger scam with lots and lots of degrees. Obviously, there are some, right, doctors, lawyers, where you just, if you don't pass the system, you can't. Um, there are exceptions, obviously, and college isn't bad for everything. But a lot of times, college is not worth the money. So just something to keep in mind, keep thinking about it. I hope you learned something, The Personal MBA by Josh Kaufman, and I will see you on one of the next summaries.